Hey, what's the deal, yo, ASIJ? Today we're lucky enough to have Sean McGuire, Janelle Mendoza, Daniel Elad, Rebecca Malamud, and Carlo Reddle as part of our artist podcast. And we have a feature with TEDx Youth to tell us about their upcoming event. Hi guys, uh, I'm Solomon. I'm a junior here, and I'm organizing this year's TEDx Youth at ASIJ event. Uh, the theme of our event this year is bumps in the road, and what that means is that we're really going to explore what it means to learn from failure and how you can take failure and your challenges in life and turn them into things that can really benefit you and enrich you into a better person. So our goal with this event is to help ASIJ students share their ideas and learn from each other in kind of a constructive way. And to do that, we're kind of we're using the TED Talk format through the TEDx program, um, which basically just means that, like I said, we're following the TED Talk program's format and we're bringing it to ASIJ. So I have one of our speakers here today, Anna Komisarov, and she's going to talk a little bit about uh, what inspired her to join TEDx and what you can expect to hear at her talk. Hi, my name is Anna Komisarov and I will be giving a TED Talk at here at ASIJ. Some basic information about me, I'm really into social issues such as environmental conservation and female empowerment. This has led me to do a lot of work within both SAFE and SAGE, and I feel very strongly about these issues. Some basic projects I'm working on right now is within SAGE. I am trying to provide a safe and empowering place for females to learn weightlifting techniques because personally that really helped me in terms of helping me overcome my body confidence issues. And this kind of leads me into what my TED Talk is about. I'm basically talking about how I was able to make mindset changes within my life to overcome a decade worth of self-deprecation and body confidence issues. If you are interested in how to optimize your life or connect on body confidence issues on any level, please come and hear my TED Talk. And I'm so excited to be giving it on the 27th. Right, and we're here with Carlo Radel. Carlo, thank you for joining us on the show today. Of course, it's it's a blessing to be here. Blessing, wow, it's very kind. This is uh, Jack McGee. This is Andrew Small. Uh, so, Carlo, let's jump right in. Uh, tell us about your history with music, and uh, when did you first start, and you know how'd you get into it? Right, so so my dad actually, my dad played guitar like throughout high school, and. You know, he told me about all the benefits that come with playing the guitar in high school, such as, um, you know, gaining respect from your peers, very musical, you know, you know like getting a nice, nice insight into what music is. And of course, ladies. That was a very, that was a very, not at the, t- not, you know, when I was four years old, that was an appealing thing to me. But, you know, I was very motivated by my dad, who always, you know, took me to guitar lessons. But um, I really got into playing guitar when I was 14. And I just started playing like rock blues. I I went to California at the time to school in California, and like there are these teachers and students who are just way better than me. And I was like, I was like, damn, like I really want to get to their level. So that's what pushed me. And then um, Tokyo has like changed my style of music too, you know, like and it's changed me as a guitarist. But I'll I'll get into that later. What about after college or? After high school, rather, uh, what mm. are your plans in terms of pursuing music in college and even after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
Um, oh, sorry, I'm eating chicken right now. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Who is it? <laughs> um, so, I have a pretty set plan, but at the same time, I don't have a set plan of my musical path, if you will. Um, I, I guess my plan, in a broad sense, is just to go to college and meet a bunch of people and just collaborate and just see like where that takes me because like because up to now I think um the way I've been doing it is just that meeting people and making music with them improving um and yeah I also I I don't really um so I've been thinking like I don't want to become an artist that's like very well known I'd rather be a ghostwriter because there's an art to like um uncredited songwriting and like it's you know you can maintain like a private life and make bank at the same time and you know yeah it just seems like an appealing way yeah knowing you your personality that kind of i i can kind of see how that would work just because you seem like um a lot more of like a humble person oh, but you. um Let's uh, go back to touch on how your music has changed since uh, moving to such a music-oriented city in Tokyo, or like Tokyo, because, you know, Tokyo has places like the Blue Note, the Cotton Club, Cotton Club, excuse me, which are really world-renowned jazz clubs, and of course, um, Tokyo's underground music scene um, is really happening, it's really diverse with um, Mm -hmm. electronic music collectives like Tokyo Vitamin, and to me, it would seem impossible to not be influenced as a young musician in the city, but I'm curious about how it's played a role in your development as a musician Mm -hmm. that's a that's a great question (laughs) um yeah i know so i i met a bunch of people right after i got here um people who graduated last year gabe gabe chi kaz i'm sure a lot of you know him know them and uh like at the minute i started hanging out with them every free period we'd go and jam and like they they were the ones who introduced me to r&b and soul so like like Bruno Major, Mac Iras, those kind of people. And, um, oh, and like Rex Orange County. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and <clears throat> like back in California, it was sort of like, I don't know, like people at lunchtime would go and play like Lil Pump and that kind of just bad music. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up like terrible music. And like here it was like way more diverse. And so, I used as a blues guitarist. I used to th- think, you know, like Rex Orange County, like who's that? Like his music sounds like very bad. Like I, I, I just it was, it was so different from my uh, norm that like I looked down on it. But then mm-hmm. here I came and I was like I was just exposed to it more, and I became used to it, I guess. And I, and I sort of started to com- my songwriting sort of started to like conform to that and. uh and I only started singing last year because of the people I met here. They they heard my voice and they're like, "Oh, you should sing." So mm-hmm. that's when I started singing. But um, yeah, like you said, the the music scene here is like crazy diverse, and yeah, it definitely influenced me. Yes, and um, as I'm sure many in the ASAJ community know, um, Carlo recently released a song titled "Red Lights," and uh, let's listen to a bit of it now. Problems just escape my mind. Wow, that was great. Could you maybe talk a bit more about Red Light specifically and dive into what was the thought process? Yeah, yeah. So, process behind that. So basically, um, 
my my friend Kaz is in a is in a band called Intersection. As I'm sure, I think yeah, most girls know. Maybe guys don't in this school, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, so he brought up to his managers and his um, his managers and his um producers like you need to meet this guy. I met him in high school in jazz band, and he's like a great guitarist. Like I'm so thankful he you know brought that up, and so the minute he said that they brought me into the studio and for for a bunch of time we'd just been making music and so what nobody knows is that I have like 40 song ideas in my voice memos app and the producer is like okay give me one of your songs and we like sort of scrolled through and I just randomly stopped and that the one that I stopped on was red lights and so that's how we started making that song and um I mean like I'd already made the song but they added like beats to it and drums, but uh, it was just a really fun process, enlightening. Like I, I learned so much about the music industry through that, and uh, we we made another song that was released, but it was like more low key because it was less well known, and uh, that one that one was fun too. But I I think um, what I also experienced was um, gr- like I had to deal with it with a lot of resilience, like. They they took my song without me knowing because you know record labels are known to do that. They they took my song. They gave me ten percent of all the revenue. Um, they almost I almost didn't have my name on it, and uh, it was uh well I mean they molded it to be presented as if Kaz wrote all the songs, you know. And as talented as a musician as he is, like I sort of I, and I don't want attention. It's just like. I sort of um, want credit where it's due sometimes, you know? Like, when I hear fans saying, like, oh, there's so much great songwriting going into that. Uh, just curious, by they um, that you talked about earlier about taking your song idea and stuff, is that um, Kaz's record labels at um, Avex right, Entertainment? Right. Avex, yeah. Avex, um, like, they're very, uh, I, they're very, they're pretty conniving in that way. Like, mm. um... I still haven't gotten my contract for that for the both songs. I just want to use that money to you know go out spend money <laughs> on a orange juice and stuff like that. But <laughs> and like you know like I just want to have fun. I I just want to have a stable you know s- amount of money. Uh, but uh, like it's a nice compliment. But um, yeah, it's just not mm. here yet. <laughs> All right, well, I'm afraid that's all the time we have, but Carlo, it was great to hear your insights and yeah. what you have to say about music in Japan and music. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Always, always fun with you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Rebecca, and I'm here with Daniel Elad. Hi, guys. Who, <laughs> who uh, makes a lot of art at ASIJ, and so we decided to interview him. (laughs) Um, All right. So the first question is, what medium or mediums do you like to create your artwork with? Um, I've tried so many mediums up to this point, and I would say probably painting. Mm -hmm. Definitely painting. I've tried sculpting once or twice. Not so good. I've tried a lot of things, but painting is definitely one of my favorite painting and if i could something to do with fashion Mm -hmm. the next question is is there a specific experience or memory that comes to mind that really inspired you to start creating art i remember when i was living back in india in elementary school 
art was a required course to take. Mm-hmm. And I had never done art before up to that point. And the second I started doing it, I got really into it. Like my teacher kept on, um, he kept on asking me to come back. Uh, my teacher and I, we kind of really connected and I really developed this love for art Mm -hmm. and everything and especially living in India with the culture and the scene if you would the scene in India is incredible and there's just so much inspiration to be taken from that that Mm -hmm. I kind of just took away from my surroundings and really became inspired Uh because of what I saw. Can you name any specific details about India that inspired you? Yeah first of all the people People are probably the friendliest people I've ever met on mm-hmm. the planet. Everybody's willing to help. Everybody's smiling all the time. They may not understand you, but there's kind of this mutual kind of relationship mm-hmm. that you develop really easily with the people there. Mm-hmm. Also, one thing that I had never experienced before was poverty to that extent. Yeah. And at such a young age, it really affects you. I mean, I had a driver, I had a security guard, I had maids, and mm-hmm. outside my house, there are people sleeping on the streets. Yeah. And that's something I was never exposed to. Mm-hmm. And just taking in on that, I tried to draw inspiration from those moments. Yeah. Try to showcase how lucky I was and how fortunate I was to be where I was and where these people were and why it was me and why they weren't where I was. If you feel comfortable enough sharing, what sort of themes or messages do you like to explore through your artwork, particularly your recent stuff, the stuff that you make at ASIJ? Mm. Well, it's always changing, kind of. My themes change year by year. I would say it used to be kind of, it used to be this love I had for soccer, Mm -hmm. and I would try and represent that in my art, but now it's kind of, emotions this emotional phase i'm going through yeah and that's really what i'm trying to express in my art Mm -hmm. right now are there any art is certain art techniques or styles that you've challenged yourself with or are are there any different techniques that you haven't tried yet that you would that you would like to explore those themes of emotion with yeah for sure one of the really super duper challenging art styles art techniques i tried using last year Mm -hmm in advanced studio art five was this technique with the what do you call it it's the is it like a painting technique or yeah it's a painting technique it's a tool oh is it the palette knife yes yeah the palette knife. yeah and that was so frustrating for me mm-hmm. uh up till that point i always worked with brushes yeah and brushes are super accurate Mm-hmm. It's really easy to kind of change things and go into detail, and there are different sized brushes and everything. Mm-hmm. But using a palette knife, it's so messy. Yeah. And at first, I was focused on trying to make my art look neat. Yeah. And it just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. No matter what I did, it was just all over the place. Yeah. And so at one point, I was just like, okay, <laughs> this is messy. I have to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got to go with it. Yeah. So took it, did what I had to do. I did use a paintbrush in some places mm-hmm. just because yeah. it was so bad. It yeah. Yeah. What I, I had created yeah. that I just needed to polish it. But that was definitely a major challenge that I faced. Mm-hmm. Something that I've wanted to do, 
I've always wanted to learn how to sew. I've never sewn before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and you mentioned that you want to get into fashion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love looking, being here in Tokyo. You have all these designs all over the place, all this yeah. fashion, mm-hmm. all the materials, types of clothes. It's kind of the hype nation of the planet. Yeah. Right? Or the fashion <laughs> yeah. capital of the world. For sure. And... I don't know. I've really just connected with it, and I really want to try something that I don't know how to do. I have Mm -hmm. loads of drawings, but I don't know how to turn those drawings into reality. Right. That's what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of broadening it out, but um, why is making art important to you? It allows me to express myself, Mm -hmm. and that's definitely the one thing that I feel that you can't do at this school Mm -hmm. is... yeah express yourself freely without being judged yeah and through the art you know you can create something that some people might not understand but it still gives you that avenue to express how you feel and what you want to do or what you want to say that you can't say out loud right and people really can't judge you Mm -hmm. based on that i mean they can judge you but but it's a personal yeah it's a personal thing yeah speaks for itself kind of. mm-hmm. and uh looking into the future um this is the last question and it's what projects do you have in mind um going forward that that you would like to create this is a project that a friend of mine recently took on mm-hmm. he started a brand mm-hmm. level seven go check it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry for the advertisement uh, no it's all good But it's this really cool idea that I've always wanted to be a part of. Mm -hmm. It's just creating clothes and selling them. But instead of just selling them for the sake of making money, Mm -hmm. I want to have a purpose behind the clothes I sell. Yeah. Like to raise awareness, to donate to a charity, to support an organization. Mm -hmm. I would love to start a brand that's centered around that idea. Yeah around helping the planet mm-hmm. and yeah that's that's something that i want to try and do but i can never motivate myself to start <laughs> I, it's always in the back of my head yeah like, i'm doing i'm doing math at home and i'm like damn i really want to start this brand right now <laughs> should i yeah you should go for it yeah i would love it'd to. be dope i also need some japanese help because mm-hmm. all the websites are in japanese yeah All right, thank you very much for coming in for this interview. Thank you for having me. We're here with senior Rebecca Malamud. She is a stage manager and pretty much the backbone of all school musicals. (laughs) Uh, She also happens to be one of our very own What's the Dealio members. So thank you for being here, Becca. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So, Becca, could you quickly describe what stage management is to those who may not know what it actually is? Yeah, so basically... As Ray put it, I, ki- I kind of do a lot of the back behind the scenes work for the show, not, not necessarily the physical heavy lifting of making sets or making props, mm-hmm. but I'm basically the organizer for the production. I, um, I'm there from before rehearsals or auditions even begin, and I'm basically helping out the director with um, scene changes and with mm-hmm. um, helping actors learn their lines, helping to run the actual rehearsals in the rooms. And during performances, I've, um, I have a book 
well, in the theater, it's called the book, but it's mm-hmm. the script for the show. <laughs> and basically, it has all of the lighting and sound cues that are numbered um, in order. Sometimes they're on certain beats of songs. Sometimes they're on uh, certain words. And I'm on a headset backstage, and I'm talking to the light crew and the sound oh crew, and I'm gosh. saying, lights, go, or <laughs> sound, go, that sort of thing. That is amazing. Wow, it's a lot of work. Um, okay, well, how did you first get into stage management and theater? What's the story? So I've always been like a total musical theater nerd when I was growing up. My family and I would always watch like movie musicals and things Mm -hmm. like that. It was just Mm -hmm. part of my childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was already into musicals. Yeah. And in eighth grade, I decided to join the crew for... I don't remember what it was. I think it was Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Yeah. Eighth grade was Alice in Wonderland. And I was just on normal stage crew for that. Mm Mm-hmm. Then in freshman year, when we did High School Musical, I joined the props team. Yeah. Um, not necessarily because I had a passion for making props, but more because um, some of my friends were interested in props and we just okay. were having fun. And at the end of that musical, I was asked by Mr. Huber mm-hmm. to possibly be the stage manager for the next coming year's wow. musical. Wow. And um, I said yes. And it was originally both me and a friend of mine, Leonie, and we were co-stage managers. Mm. Neither of us knew what we were doing at all. We were completely clueless. (laughs) But I would have to say that the main thing that got me into it was being asked by Huber to do it. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's a really nice thing. Um, okay, well, what sort of skills do you build through doing this sort of work? I feel like you've already touched on it, but maybe a little more. Uh, being a stage manager requires communication skills, leadership. Mm. A lot of it is organization. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah you, need, you need to be able to get through a lot of different rehearsals. A lot of different things are going on at the same time. You're communicating with all the different department heads. Maybe you're talking to the supervisor in charge of the lighting design. And then the next moment you're talking to the costume designer about the costumes in a certain scene. And there's a lot of leadership involved in terms of, I guess, setting the tone for the the rehearsal process and the shows, Um, helping with morale, encouraging people (laughs) to work hard, that sort of thing. Yeah, wow, that's really important. Um, Okay, well, next question is, You've also touched on this again, but what sort of things inspire? They could be like really small little mm-hmm. things that people do that sort of make you want to, you know, keep pursuing this. Any stories? <laughs> I guess the thing that I really love about stage management is, I guess, the during the shows when, mm-hmm. when I'm sitting backstage and I'm and I'm talking on the headset. Yeah. Because it it feels really good to know that that it's me talking over the headset that is making the show happen. Wow. And that's, that's, I guess, where, like, the artistic element comes in because I need to know the show back to back. I need, mm-hmm. I need to, sh- I need to mm-hmm. know this light comes on on this beat of the song. Oh I need to know that this sound cue happens after this character says this word Yeah, sort of thing. And I guess that sort of adrenaline rush, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it helps me focus a lot, which is wow. really cool. so cool um okay well next question so i know i think a lot of people know that you're actually going to college and you're studying Mm -hmm. stage management right which is so cool so what is your vision for the future what do you see yourself doing what's the plan um well obviously for the next four years i'll be (laughs) studying it um which is really cool and 
what I really like about the program that I that I chose, the one that I'm going to be studying mm-hmm. at, is that it has a partnership with the the area that the school is in. Mm-hmm. They have a part. The school has a partnership with the local professional theater company. Yeah, which will help me build my resume with professional credits mm-hmm. while I'm in college. I'll be able to intern there, and eventually, I I want to join the there, there's a theater union mm-hmm. so I would like to join that and be able to do professional shows oh, yeah that's so cool okay and this is the last question so what's been your favorite project so far <laughs> and you only got to choose one only one <laughs> only one your favorite one you gotta spill it mm. spill it I would I would have to say last year's musical drowsy chaperone yeah, the drowsy chaperone that was I think that was when I finally figured out what mm. it means to be a stage manager, I guess. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Because in sophomore year, I was I was very lost. I was very clue like not mm-hmm. clued in. It was your first it. time doing it, right? My As first stage time manager. being a stage manager was for Be My Ghost, which was the fall play oh, okay, of sophomore okay, year. Yeah. And I had no idea what I was doing then. <laughs> um, I also had no idea what I was doing during Leap of Faith. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I just, I did a lot of research on what it takes to be a stage manager yeah. and that sort of thing. And it was just really cool because I felt, I felt like a, like I was really helping with the wow. show. And it All turned out amazing as a viewer. <laughs> let me just, it was amazing. And um, <laughs> rehearsals haven't started yet for this mm-hmm. coming musical, uh-huh. but I have a feeling it's going to be really good. So everyone should come watch you're in town. It's going to be really good. I agree. I be think fun. everyone should come. <laughs> okay well that's great thank you so much for being here becca you're amazing keep doing it thank you (laughs) i'm talking to janelle mendoza right now hello she is a senior and she's actually been working on some really really cool art so we're going to talk about that so janelle can you just briefly just tell me a bit about your journey as an artist and you know what you've done to get you where you are now. Okay, well, I, I started wanting to become an artist when I was in about the third grade. And I mean, pretty much every kid, I think at some point really likes get, gets into drawing, but it's kind of embarrassing. My, I, I originally got into art because my, my older siblings really were into like manga comic books and, and they were kind of big weebs at the time actually. And so all that different art styles um, kind of influenced me. And so for the, the first um, couple of years or so, my art is just painfully, painfully anime. I mean, I, I'd say I, looking back through my sketchbooks, I haven't gotten like good at art until maybe like the past two years or so. Everything else before is like really, really painfully mediocre. But I just kind of decided that I, I really wanted to do drawing and, and I went through a lot of different things that I wanted to be but I just kept on drawing mostly just like like people characters fan art you know the typical stuff and uh that's kind of what got me here just always doodling teachers yelling at me for drawing on the margins and everything <laughs> all the typical stuff um so you said that your art had been mediocre until up about two years ago you say where it kind of skyrocketed maybe you know, what, what's the reason? What happened, say, two years ago, you know, which kind of changed your art? Well, I'd say that I was actually on a similar vein. Uh, you know how Everett Shue was, like, really, really good at piano? I asked him how long he'd been playing 
piano for and he said it since about the first grade and like how recently he got good at it and he said oh maybe just about like like the ninth grade and so I think it's not any special thing that happened to me when I was in about like the 10th the 10th grade or whatever but it's just that I had been drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing for about like seven years at that point and that combined with like self-study as well as actual art lessons all that combined into just eventually refinement enough where it's not just okay it's not just above average but it's actually legitimately good where people will compliment my art and they'll they'll actually mean it as opposed to just just being nice about it I think to be good at anything you have to honest to goodness put in at least like seven years of that kind of dedicated work and that I think that applies to to drawing or to piano or anything you want to aspire. I definitely agree, yeah. Hard hard work is really important. And it's not like, it's basically from what you told me, it's not like one moment where it kind of clicked. It's more just years of just grinding and putting in the work. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Okay, so can you tell me about, do you have any particular like role models or influences, you know, that, I don't know, that maybe you can say shaped the art that you create? Well, I've had a lot over the years. And I think, Especially with art, it's really easy to to see how, you know, different mentors uh, affect your art. When I was really little, I was just super into, you know, big wide-eyed anime. My I think my number one favorite thing at the time when I was about the third grade was uh, reading One Piece. And so I had all these, like, overblown figures. And it, it was an awful, like, recreation of the One Piece style, obviously. I was in the third grade, but... Um, as I started to expand and look more into more different types of art and artists moving onwards, I, you start to get more refined styles. Um, currently, I I follow a lot of different uh, animators online, and um, I fi- I draw inspiration from both very like realistic pieces. I really, uh, as a painter, I like impressionism the most. Like works. F- um, kind of from that that era where everything's like just a little bit blurry and very bright and colorful uh, as an as a character artist I really like works of like Disney animators and Brad Bird especially he did the um Incredibles yeah right? he did he okay. also did uh the Iron Giant was my favorite oh, film yeah, by him I, lo- yeah. I like the color and character designs in that one mm-hmm. especially but yeah his his character design work is really visible in a whole lot of Disney and Pixar's films, and, and he's one of my biggest inspirations. Okay. So, I mean, I guess on the topic of, like, animators and stuff, so what is what do you see the future for you? What does the future look like? Do you see yourself in, like, doing kind of animate animation-type work? Um, you know, do you see yourself as a maybe the next Brad Bird? <laughs> you even? I don't well, know. That... That that would be saying a lot. My, um, I mean, for a long time, my um, aspirations with art kind of fluctuated for a while. I wanted to be a fashion designer. I wanted to be like a, a mangaka for a while, uh, different things. But I came back to like illustration and animation because consistently through my art, what captivated me from uh, of of seeing art and stuff like like the work of Brad Bird and other animators is just as much the art itself but also the stories that they tell and how art works in tandem with storytelling and I think that as an artist my true strengths lie with using 
are as a sort of like visual communication device. I, I love the the action of uh, of drawing, making lines, mark making, all the the different processes that you learn about in AP art class. But I think that my favorite thing to do with art more than anything is in the vein of illustration, character work, comics, things that, that tell stories, things that have narratives. I, I think that that is where I most excel. Okay, great. So thanks, Janelle. That was, that's been really interesting. And, you know, I've actually, you know, you've shown me your art and it's really, really good. Like I was surprised. Oh, thank you. So um, if you want to check out some of Janelle's work, uh, she has an Instagram account at uh, Janie Men. So that's at uh, J-A-N-E-Y-M-E-N. No capital letters, no spaces. But other than that, you know, thanks for, thanks for talking to me and it's been great. Thank you. now we're back with a new artist we'd like to introduce, Sean McGuire, who is part of the Brass Groots Band. He's a junior at ASIJ, and uh, he plays the guitar. He is also in the jazz band. Hello, Sean. Hi, Tyler. So, uh, how did you get into music? Um, so, I guess music's always been something that's been around me my whole life. Um, yeah. For one, every single person in my family plays an instrument. Okay. And so, for example... Um, my dad's played the guitar since he was a little kid. My yeah, sister yeah. was playing the guitar. My mom used to a long time ago. And I guess when I, from a really young age, I was always exposed to this kind of musician, musicianship around my house. Of course, um, of and course. Guitars and stuff too. So my dad started teaching me when I was uh, like five. Um, yeah, he taught me my first song when I was five. And uh, I guess I started taking it really seriously when I was eight, pursuing it myself. And I guess it's just been going on since then. And yeah. So uh, obviously, other than your dad, do you have any huge inspirations that really want, um, made you want to pursue guitar? Uh, I mean, I, I guess this kind of goes back to my childhood thing, but uh, ever since I was a little kid, my dad would be playing music in the background and, you know, it'd be like old ZZ Top Records or Led Zeppelin, the Eagles. And oh, I guess okay. from there, I was, you know, I was there guitaring and trying to act like I was <laughs> something big, right? But uh, yeah, uh, for, for a long time, I was really stuck in that classic rock kind of stuff. And then... Uh, a huge turning point came when I was introduced to Stevie Ray Vaughan and that's when I really picked up a lot of my blues influence and I started really taking the blues a lot more seriously okay. uh, and since I got into uh, Ace IJ I auditioned in the jazz band and I got in luckily um, and since then I've been trying to venture into jazz uh, I think that's the this has been the hardest uh, genre to try to pick up so far okay um, so yeah it's also kind of interesting that I can try to combine my different genres and you know try to fuse together some of my bluesy influence into some of my jazz stuff yeah uh aside from that personally uh, another huge influence for me has been carlo radel okay so shout out to carlo yeah sure shout out carlo um yeah no he 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 made me you know think like or like he was just he's amazed me like i never thought that uh someone my age could be playing like he does and just yeah his his abilities just really pushed me to be better I think alright so uh, with all your family's love for music and just music being such a core part of your life um, was there any pressure or any challenges that you had to overcome on your path with music um, I guess music's always been something I kind of pursued myself my parents never really pressured me into it 
Um, okay. Of course, they, they try to suggest things like, hey, like you should try learning classical theory. It'll help you or like this and that. Um, sorry, I don't, I don't listen to most of that. <laughs> you know, I just want to play and stuff. But, um, yeah, and in terms of difficulties and challenges, I guess with any, any kind of learning a new skill, um, you always get stuck in a rut after a little bit of time. And it just takes, you know, a little bit more inspiration, a little bit more hard work to try to get over that rut and keep progressing as a musician. And yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of achievements, um, I think most my, my proudest moment was uh, being accepted into the Ami uh, Honor Jazz Band. Oh, wow. And uh, that, that was just hugely, you know, very humbling and very fun so so obviously uh you're a part of the brass roots band and you're also in the jazz band but where do you see music taking you in not only the near future but further on maybe after high school uh yeah so a lot of me you know wants to continue music for forever right um i personally currently don't really see myself majoring directly in music or you know in playing my instrument but in terms of music business or stuff like that i i just really do hope that music's always part of my my life whether it be in college or after college so on so forth yeah yeah um so it was great to have you on sean yep um anyone you want to shout out or uh any plugs any social media you want to put in shout out uh sean mcguire music you guys better go follow up all right everyone go follow sean mcguire music on, on instagram, instagram. Yes, sir. Right. Thank you, Tyler. And that was the dealio. Make sure to submit any writing, art, or photography to ASIJ's literary and art magazine, Daruma, by emailing Mrs. Brunton. Ciao.